you're listening to B2B Revenue Acceleration, a podcast dedicated to helping software executives stay on the cutting edge of sales and marketing in their industry. Let's get into the show. Hi, welcome to B2B Revenue Acceleration. My name is Aurélien Mottier, and I'm here today with Charlie Spinas from ClearC2. How are you doing today, Charlie? Oh, I'm great, Ray. Uh, thanks for inviting me. I'm excited to be here. It's a pleasure. So today we will be discussing the importance of data quality within CRM systems. But first, and before we get started, can you please tell us a little bit more about yourself, Charlie, as well as your role and your company within Clear C2? Okay, sure, Ray. I've been a sales and marketing director for the past 10 years at Clear C2. Before that, I worked many years in the telecommunications industry and in sales and product management for transmission and optical networking products. And I've learned to leverage that experience in my current position. Mm -hmm. As far as Clear C2, it's a privately held company. Uh, we've been around for 25 years, beginning in 1993. So we have a lot of experience in the CRM industry, as well as sustainability. Our headquarters is located in the Dallas, Texas area. It's where we develop, sell, implement, train, and support our products directly. What that means is we don't have any partners that we're going to pass you off to, and we don't yep. outsource any part of our offering. So that's pretty much what we are at Clercy 2. Okay. Thanks for that, Charlie. So we are here about, to, to, to talk about CRM, and CRM is always your best friend or monster, depending on who we engage with and which company we engage with. But we all know that a CRM system is just as good as the data that is in the system and how usable that, that data is. Um, we know that it's a fantastic tool to give overview of what's happening from a, a sales pipeline management or campaign progression, sales forecast, data segmentation, et cetera, et cetera. But we also know that salespeople Sometimes, not all of them, we, we don't like to make generality, but you know, most of them <laughs> are not really good at keeping CRM up to date, either because they don't want to declare pipeline or they don't want to give visibility to their management on, on the deal they are working on, or, or maybe just because they don't like the admin task or think they don't have the time. What have you seen as a successful technique to make sure that companies keep their CRM systems up to date and get the most out of it? Well, you are correct about salespeople generally having issues with keeping the CRM up to date because many of them, frankly, uh, view it as being stuck with doing the menial task of inputting data that potentially takes them away from being with their customers. Mm -hmm. So to answer your question, one successful technique that a lot of companies are using is gamification. Gamification literally taps into the competitive spirit that we all have inside us, and it can be an effective way to motivate employees, especially salespeople, uh, to pursue data integrity. It basically makes it a fun and friendly contest where participants can get rewarded for reaching company-set goals. You know, one of the byproducts of gamification is that it gets employees engaged. And there are actual studies out there by Gallup that says, Engaged workers are 21% more productive than unengaged workers. You know, so, Ray, getting back to your question, when you said that some salespeople don't want to declare a pipeline, a way to combat that would be to have a contest, see how many sales opportunities can be entered into the CRM per month, and have a monetary award attached to the winner. And because of this, tasks that were once considered not beneficial to a salesperson are now anticipated by them. 
But you would expect that they have, oh, I guess maybe they, they, they are mainly incentivized on what they are closing versus what they are declaring as pipeline. So what you are saying, is it adding some incentives on declaring pipeline? Is it about uh, incentive in terms of data entry? How, how do you actually make it happen? Because I understand the gamification and I appreciate that being a salesperson, you want to be competitive, you want to be the top of the leaderboard, but I guess there is two things you can drive. You can drive quantity or you can drive quality. How do you end up in the middle? It would be my question. What have you seen in practice? Okay, essentially salespeople, they're rewarded monetarily, whether they're using the CRM or not using the CRM by getting sales, right? And yeah. they enter it into the pipeline. Now, according to your, your question, and I agree with it, some people, salespeople hold back on their pipeline and you know the gamification if they're in a contest to say, hey, the more you input into the CRM for your pipeline, we're going to reward you even more than just getting revenue from your sales. And so they're enticed to input all of their opportunities into their pipeline because they're going to get an additional award, okay, for inputting it into the CRM. And how you measure that is usually you create a widget on a dashboard that everyone can see. And it's it's not only are they getting rewarded for putting it in, but there's also a pride factor that everyone is looking at it and seeing all the results on everyone's dashboard. And so they're going to want it to input, input it into the system. Okay. That makes sense. That's good. That's a good idea. Something that we should definitely do ourselves. So we'll have a think about that. On another topic, but very close to it, we know that data cleansing and data segmentation are quite time-consuming tasks and are often overlooked by companies that work within the CRM system, which is a bit of a shame because we also know that the better the data, the more segmented the data, the better your marketing campaign output will be because you will be able to contact people without bounds as well as if you segment, well, you should have a message that is quite dedicated, if not tailored, to a smaller group of people, which in return should in- increase the response rate. Um, and, but that's also lead to CRM system having data that is not very accurate. Can you please share with our audience why this is such an important task, that data cleansing, data segmentation, and why it shouldn't be overlooked? Yes, right. You bring up a subject that sometimes gets lost in the weeds until it's too late and it becomes a real pain point. And then the work needed to correct it, you know, becomes, you know, a real cumbersome. So to begin with, your data should always be addressed when you're deploying new software. You need to start with a new slate. You need to ensure that you have data integrity. And that's really an umbrella term that includes things like data accuracy, consistency, validation, completeness, uniformity, those kind of things. Some examples are, as you were saying, having duplicates in your database, you know, bad email addresses, incorrectly formatted phone numbers, to name a few. If you don't address them in your system, they can wreak havoc. For instance, if the email addresses are inconsistent, the company will suffer the cost of resending the email or even losing customers. You can then further compound matters by not segmenting your data like you were saying properly. Data segmentation is simply you know, taking your data, filtering it so that it can be used you know, more efficiently within marketing and, and operations. It's making sure your message gets out to people who are going to buy your product. 
If it's not done properly, it can negatively affect the delivery of your messaging in your marketing campaigns to your customers. Now, executives also need accurate and complete data in the CRM system because many of their strategic decisions are based off reports that are generated from that data. If the data is bad, their strategic decisions could be reporting potential incorrect revenue streams to stockholders, you know, calculating factory capacity planning generated from corrupt data. It may be providing incorrect product mix to uh, build in the factory because you have in- inaccurate forecasts. In these cases, your CRM system could become counterproductive if the, the corrupt data is not cleansed. So administratively, inconsistent data you know, can potentially lead to false conclusions and you know, bad investments. So in the business world, incorrect data can be pretty costly. But uh, fortunately, as you stated, you can head off some of these disasters by doing some data cleansing and scrubbing, which yeah. can be done manually by, you know, slowly combing through multiple spreadsheets, looking for errors, or, you know, can be done faster and more efficiently through the use of software tools. Again, you know, the best time to do this is during the new implementation of software because you never want to in, you know, introduce bad data into the system. And then you should also perform maintenance scrubbing off that cleanse data periodically. Okay. So again, I'm going to ask you a very practical question because it's, we're talking about situation we, we find ourselves in conversation with clients where we touch these topics and people are saying, yes, we've got lots of data in our CRM system, but mm, we've got big question mark around it and we don't really show it's not really sure it's good. From your experience, who is, so I appreciate that it could be done manually or it could be done through software, but who is the individual or who is the function? within the company that should be responsible to actually go through the data cleansing and the data segmentation? Uh, well, I can tell you specifically it's the IT department, the IT manager. Uh, when we're implementing systems with companies, the first thing we do when we're implementing is we're contacting the IT manager to see what kind of data they're going to produce from their back-end system to import into our CRM system. And they're the ones specifically responsible for the data integrity of their backend system. When I say backend system, it could be a financial system. It could be an ERP system or whatever. It's where all the master templates are for uh, all the contacts uh, and companies uh, that they do business with. And so they're the ones that are tasked to make sure that there's data integrity in those systems before we can import them into our system. Now, we always tell them, hey, look, we can do it on your end or we can do it on our end, but it's going to be quicker and cleaner if you do the data cleansing on your end, you know, because it's a lot easier that way when it's coming, when you're doing it to the source system. So the answer to your question is the IT department of the company that we deal with. Okay. And then who will drive the IT department in terms of the data, the data quality? Would it be marketing? Would it be sell? Because I would expect the IT department, while they've got the tools and control the tools, to may not be aware on the type of persona, the type of individual, what's good data, what's not good data. So would you also have an involvement from other functions to support them or to help them in, in doing that job? When you ask who's driving them, are you saying internally in their organization? Yes. I mean, internally in the organization. So, you know, basically, I guess what what I'm going at with those questions is there is a lot of people involved around the CRM system. 
marketing, sales, management. Marketing wants the CRM system probably because their campaigns go through the CRM system. They use the data and they will probably put source code on the data. So when a campaign goes through and a lead is created, they can then follow it through and see their contribution to pipeline, their contribution to sales. Sales will use a CRM system most of the time to control pipeline forecast, look at what we've got, where we need to be, and then evaluate the performance between different sales reps, sales region, products, etc., etc. Management, as you mentioned earlier on, is that overlook. We want to see what we've got. We want to see what's working from a marketing perspective, what's working from a sales perspective. We want to get performance. We need to be able to forecast either for ourselves or for our board of directors or for the market, depending on the, the type of, of company they are. And I understand that the IT department is, is obviously an, an overlay of all those functions, but there is so many people touching the CRM system. You know, it's not like a, just a financial system where you've got finance people just working on it. Because it's, it's a collaborative tool between functions, I was wondering if the IT department can really do it on their own or if the other function can actually support them in doing a better job when it comes to cleansing and segmenting. Okay, so the common denominator in everything that you just said is the IT department, because you're right, there are many different silos in the business that are touching that CRM, and depending on how the company's using it, it could just be the sales department, it just could be marketing, could be both, could be customer service, using it for support tickets and so on. And so they're all touching the system, as you say, as a collaborative tool. But the department that's responsible for the integrity, okay, would be the IT department because they're the ones that would also be performing any training sessions that would need to take place when the software vendor comes out with the new features and things like that. So they're really the point people, okay, to the usage, if you will. Because, you know, that's key right there. But, but you're right. All the other departments do have input into it, but you got to have a point person to where it all comes together. And it's usually the IT people. Makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. And what about the frequency? How often do you need to do it? What's, what's the, is there a best practice in terms of doing it on six months basis, 12 months, 18, three years? What, what, what do you see? I mean, I appreciate it will probably depend on the industry you are in and how fast contact can move in your industry, et cetera, et cetera. But is there a best practice in, in terms of how often this should be done? So typically, uh, and what I usually say is you would probably have maybe monthly meetings, okay, to go over the usage compliance, if you will, to see, you know, how people, how often they're putting it in and, and whether they're putting it in properly. I would say that you would probably have quarterly meetings to meet with your CRM vendor to mm-hmm. say, hey, look, we've gone over the, how our requirements have changed over time, and we want to make these changes with you, Mr. CRM vendor, and you know, have a back and forth with your CRM vendor. So, so basically, it's, it's quarterly meetings for outside meetings with the CRM vendor and monthly meetings internally to discuss compliance. Okay, that, I think that makes perfect, and it sounds like a, a, a very good cadence. And my last question for you, Charlie, is about how to improve the CRM usage, shall I say. Um, I believe you wrote a blog post on that topic, and it would be great if you can share some tips with our audience on that. Well, I believe the user adoption rate is probably the most single most important thing that affects how successful a software deployment is, not just CRM. 
any software. A CRM can have the best features with the latest technology, but if hardly anyone's using it and it's not being used properly, then it's money wasted. So the best way to improve a CRM usage, uh, first off, is applying the proper foundation, which means employing an implementation methodology that's going to foster more employee usage. I'm sure you've heard of the carrot and stick approach. Uh, in, yeah. in most cases, both should be used, but it's going to depend on the culture of the company. You know, less disciplined environments are going to require more of a stick. And the most effective stick is an executive edict that everyone must use the software. Mm-hmm. If there needs to be a culture adjustment, then that's the time to do it, not after the implementation. But even more important is the use of the, the carrot in the methodology. Uh, as you know, it's human nature to resist change. So to, to reverse this, the user of the system must feel like they get more out of the system than what they're putting in. It's important that they're directly involved when the software is being configured, you know, so that their data requirements and their processes are being incorporated. A good way to achieve this is uh, to have the software vendor meet with them, review what the day in the life is for each type of user. And then, you know, once there's a user input into the software, they're going to recognize it as the system they built and they will take ownership of it. Also, another carrot is the gamification that I mentioned earlier, which can be built into the software up front, you know, and displayed in widgets on a dashboard. Equally as important as the implementation foundation is the ongoing education and monitoring is needed. Yeah, let's face it, the, uh, the marketplace is dynamic, never stays static, and neither will your business model. The, uh, the environment that was created during the initial implementation will have to constantly be monitored and modified you know, to reflect the changes in the business. If that doesn't happen, you know, then the software is going to become irrelevant. And because yep. of all the efficiencies built into the application during the implementation that made it streamlined will then become diminished over time and input into the CRM becomes more of a chore and then people aren't going to start to use it as much. So the key to, to making sure that the software remains relevant is to first find us, as I said before, find a CRM vendor who's going to stay constantly engaged with you to make sure those changes are made without breaking the bank. And then tied to that should be continuing education program that includes training sessions as new features become available. And then, as I stated earlier, you you should have those quarterly meetings with the vendor to discuss how, uh, how and if your requirements are changing and then incorporate those changes. And then, of course, those internal meetings for usage compliance. Yeah, if none of those are deployed, there's going to be a slow erosion of usage to the point where the executive decisions are being negatively affected. And frankly, that's not a meeting I want to attend. So, no, Absolutely. Not, not the situation you want to be in. Well, Charlie, I want to thank you for your time today. I think it's, it's been very useful. And, and, and I think some of the tips and the perception and the vision that you gave us uh, kind of challenged some of the ideas that I had as well, which I, I quite like about our conversation. Now, if anyone wants to engage with you or learn more about Clear C2, your company, what's the best way to connect with you? Uh, well, Ray, you can, you can go onto our website at www.clearc2.com and connect with us through our Contact Us page or simply call us at 972-304-7100. Uh, and we, we have sales agents willing and able to assist you. So that's how you would reach us. And, and again... Thanks for having me on the show today. I appreciate it. Well, Charlie, many thanks for your time. It was great having you on the show today.
Operatics has redefined the meaning of revenue generation for technology companies worldwide. While the traditional concepts of building and managing inside sales teams in-house has existed for many years, companies are struggling with a lack of focus, agility, and scale required in today's fast and complex world of enterprise technology sales. See how Operatics can help your company accelerate pipeline at operatics.net. You've been listening to B2B Revenue Acceleration. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.